0: Hi, I'm Julia Lubin. I'm a model turned makeup artist and writer. I'm also the host of this podcast, the MUA Chronicle Podcast. Join me here every Tuesday as I pull back the curtain on the latest in beauty, fashion, and pop culture. I'm here to demystify the hype and give it to you real. everyone. It is officially day. I don't know what because I've lost count in this quarantine. The pollen has broken into my house, so you might hear it a little bit in my voice, but allergies are a huge problem for me right now. And when I was thinking of what to cover in this week's Beauty Breakdown, I figured, why not cover allergies and all the things it does to our faces and help you conquer yours. So that's what we're going to do in the beauty breakdown part of the show. Before that, we're going to get to what the hype. Where today I'm talking about our queen, Rihanna, the ghost of Fashion Week future. And an exciting update on some of my work as a high fashion makeup artist. Let's get to it. What the hell? This summer, fashion takes another step Forward. It was announced that London Fashion Week, which was scheduled to show menswear this coming June, is going completely gender inclusive with its collections. So it'll feature both women's wear, menswear and gender fluid clothing walking down a virtual runway. Yes, you heard that right. A virtual runway. So it looks like they're taking a page out of Shanghai's book and London Fashion Week is going completely virtual. I think when it comes to the gender inclusive part, it's a highly important topic in today's world. And fashion is such a big industry. It's such an expensive industry. It's wide reaching. It affects a lot of different people. And so I think it's so important and so vital that they are the fashion community is reacting in this way. And calling out to be inclusive of everyone. It's, I think it's so important. So many people come to find who they are, their identity, their creativity through fashion. I definitely did. And so the fact that this is going to be on, you know, a, a international stage for everyone to see, I think is very important. It sends the right message for sure, as long as they execute it appropriately, um, I'm also interested to see how this culture can expand outside of the luxury fashion sphere and into mainstream retailers like your H&M's, your Target's, things like that. Um, I don't think, you know, if we're, we're being inclusive when it comes to gender, we should probably also be inclusive when it comes to price point and accessibility. Um, But let's also talk about the virtual part of these shows. So I think it's important in our current state where coronavirus is rampant um, to obviously not let it stop us from showing... Creativity from showing collections from really including people into the conversation of fashion, but I also agree with Olivier Roosting who said that digital tools and traditional fashion are industries that should grow together and influence each other, but completely digital fashion weeks detract from the experience as a whole so um for those who don't know, Olivier is the creative director of Balmain, and he helped the storied, long, historic, beautiful, luxury French fashion house, he helped bring it into modern tech time. So he was the first one to really notice people going on social media at the shows. He was the first one to really form a relationship with celebrities who are non-traditional in their paths, like the Kardashians. And he really sees the future of the world and wants it to kind of loop in with the fashion kind of mission, vision, things like that. And so for him, it's really important that the digital influences the traditional, and then the traditional also keeps some of the elements that make it really pure and, and something that's really Sought after because at the end of the day, you can have a virtual runway that's accessible to a bunch of people, and it, it is different to be there in person. I know it's you know, you got to see how the fabric moves, you got to see the quality, the stitching, everything up front, and The people that are at these fashion shows are buyers, right? They're buyers for stores and they're people who are going to be styling it for their clients. And so it's really important to see the garment on a live person, up close, right in front of your face in order to really understand what you can do with it how you can sell it, how you can make money. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. So while I understand the, the, the virtual aspect, I definitely agree with Olivier that it is going to have to be a fusion of some kind of the tra- traditional and the you know modern types of, of experiences so that we can really create something even better, even more impactful that's going to be innovative. Um, so actually, if you want to watch more of him talking about this, check out the Vogue Global Conversation about the future of the runway show. It was him. It was the creative director of Chloe. It was the president of, oh man, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? uh, The president of Balenciaga or the CEO of Balenciaga. Um, So I will link it in the show notes on my website, but I'll also tweet it out. So check it out there. In other runway news, Yves Saint Laurent, another famed French fashion house. I love them. I love YSL. I loved the show that they did at this past fashion week in Paris, but we may not be able to see them in that context again, because they have pulled their shows from the predetermined Paris fashion week calendars. So let's back it up a little bit and talk about fashion weeks in terms of how the scheduling works and all that. As you can imagine, it is a lot of logistics to get global fashion editors, influencers, celebrities, buyers, all of these creme de la creme elite beauty industry insiders into one room for a show to then have them transition to another room in another building, potentially across town to another show. And that's why fashion weeks are as orchestrated and as scheduled as they are. It's been tried and true for years and years and years. Essentially, you have your week where everyone flocks to one city. They have the logistics planned of how to get from one show to another show, how to get the models there, how to get everyone where they need to be. And essentially, some of the spots have a little bit more glory attached to them than others, right? So like an 8 a.m. show on a Tuesday is probably going to be a different vibe than an evening show. So all of them are are planned very meticulously, but the designers that show their collections are kind of at the whim of the organizers. So... Oftentimes, they can't choose their slot. They can't volley for a slot. They're just slated into something, and they have to make it work. So YSL is basically saying, no, we're not into that. We're going to try to do it on our own. Now, if you don't know, the luxury brand is owned by Caring, which is a huge conglomerate, and at the head of it is Francois Henri Penault. You might know him, he is a powerhouse in the luxury space. He's also married to Selma Hayek. And for YSL, the creative director currently is Anthony Vicarello. He, I love what he's done with the brand, I love how he's just, you know, really amped it up. He took it over very recently, so he's putting his own spin on and he's really putting his kind of trademark Anthony. Edgy, sexy, glamorous look on it. In a public statement on YSL's Instagram feed, it was stated Now, more than ever, the brand will lead its own rhythm, legitimating the value of time and connecting with people globally by getting closer to them in their own space and lives. I don't know if I pronounce legitimating right because English isn't my first language, but overall the sentiment is we are not going to be dictated by the industry. We are going to take the power back into our hands. We're going to show outside of Fashion Week. We're going to do our collections at a time and at a, in a place and in a way that is more inclusive of the brand culture and the brand mission and vision. So I think that's one of the hardest things for designers who show at fashion week. It's like, I have this collection, right? So say my collection is very much a lot of like cocktail gowns, it's evening wear, it's a little dark, it's edgy. 8am, On a Tuesday, may be a bit of a jarring time. You know, people are barely getting caffeinated, and then you hit them with the loud, like, Berlin techno. It may be hard. So I feel like when it comes to fashion shows, like I talked about just a few minutes ago in terms of virtual versus live... You know, it's a whole production. It's like if you go to the theater, right? It, there's costuming, there's props, there's a stagecraft, there's a lot of elements that go into a full vision. It's a presentation of a collection as a visual live art installation, right? And sometimes a schedule can compromise that for some designers. And so, in order to take the freedom back, YSL is basically saying, we're going to take control of everything. Now, I'm interested to see what this will look like because Uh, you know, they said, uh, connecting with people globally by getting closer to them in their own space and lives. I'm interested to see that because I'm wondering, does that mean they're going to take it more virtual? Are they going to take a book, uh, a page from the book of London and Shanghai fashion week fashion? Wow. What happened there? Um, Shanghai and London fashion weeks where they make it all virtual, all CGI. What is it going to look like? And how can they bring it to the people? I love this. I love the creative control. I love the doing it on their own terms, bringing it into the modern era, probably adding tech to figure it out. However, I'm concerned about how, like, I think this can go one of two ways, right? Right. So either YSL is going to lead the charge and really become an innovator and a pioneer in the industry and change how we present collections, how we view collections, and how we interact with fashion, the creatives behind the lines, all of that, or it can literally just crash and burn. I think execution is going to be huge. I know there are a few other brands that historically have tried to go off book. They've tried to go outside of the the fashion week paradigm. And they were not as successful or they found that the resources that they needed to show collections in the way they truly wanted with full control weren't as available to them as when the fashion weeks and fashion shows were organized and slotted by uh, an organization that that's essentially what they do. So I'm interested to see which way the cookie will crumble, so to speak, or the bias will drape if we're going with fashion analogies. I think YSL and Anthony Vicarello... And, you know, caring as a conglomerate, I think this is a a dynamic team that may be able to help us reframe how we think of fashion. And I'm interested to see where it'll go. I have a lot of hope for this and I really hope it doesn't crash and burn, but I think if anyone can innovate this space, I think it's, you know, that team. All right. So let's, let's move on to talking about beauty. So now I want to encourage you to take a moment, take a beat, maybe pause this podcast because the latest beauty content from one of the most iconic women in the world has been blessed upon us, or we have been blessed with it, rather. Rihanna released a full length beauty tutorial showcasing Fenty Beauty's newest products. So she did this like summery, glowy, no makeup makeup look. And she used the brand's, like, all-new cheek collection. You can actually view the full tutorial on Fenty Beauty's YouTube page. I'll go ahead and link it in the show notes. I'll also tweet it out so you can watch it. Shameless plug, follow me on Twitter um, at M-U-A Chronicle, M-U-A-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E. But I'll tweet that out honestly. I don't know what I'm more excited about, you guys, the tutorial from fashion, beauty, icon, and our queen, Rihanna, or the actual products that just dropped in the newest Fenty launch. I mean, it's both, both are equally excitable to me. The tutorial was amazing. She's amazing. She's gorgeous and the products I'm excited about. Now I cream products don't really last that long on me. And heading into summer, where I become not only a greasy beast but also a sweaty beast, I'm interested to see the longevity of a project like this, or products like this, rather. I um, yeah, I'll put on a cream and it'll just absorb into my body and then I'll look very pale and not cute, just a few minutes later. So I'm excited to see how this will work. I already ordered one of the blushes and one of the bronzers, so I will be testing them out, reviewing them, wearing them on my YouTube channel. That's going to be in the coming days, so keep an eye out for that. And you can find me on YouTube. Just search The Makeup Artist Chronicle and I'll pop up. Now, to deep dive into this collection, I'm going to let you know what is in it and what you can expect. So the new collection is called Cheeks Out. It includes 10 shades of cream blush, and the shades are very much ranging. There's like a a purple in there, a violet shade. There's like an orange shade. There's a bunch of corals. There's a cotton candy pink. There are really a lot of universal shades that are great for a lot of different people. The cream blushes will run you $20 each, and then there's also a cream bronzer, but here's where Fenty nails it. So oftentimes I feel like bronzer is a very difficult uh, product for people to shop just because it's either too warm or it's too neutral or it's too shimmery or it's too matte. There I feel like a lot of brands try to put out this universal bronzer or you know two or three bronzers and they hope it'll cover the the whole variety of their clients and their customers. And the reality is that Bronzer shouldn't be an afterthought. I think so many of us want just a glowy, beautiful, warm, um, sun-kissed skin without the actual skin damage. And so this is where Fenty Beauty gets it right. The cream bronzer comes in seven shades. I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back. The cream bronzer comes in seven shades, which is insane. You know, I was looking at them and I was actually like, oh wow, there are so many options. It's like when you go into a diner or one of those restaurants that have like a 20 page menu and you're like, I want so many things, what do I get? So for me, it was like my bronzer world was opened up. I had never seen this big of a selection from any one brand. And so I'm really excited. To try it the bronzers will run you $32 each and it is recommended that you get the face brush with it for application I didn't get the brush but I did get the cream blush and the bronzer one shade of each so like I said I am going to be reviewing that on my YouTube once I get it I bought it I'm not having it sent to me from PR or whatever because I'm not that prominent yet but you know Rihanna or Rihanna as it's properly pronounced if you hear this or your team hears this and you want to hook a girl up and you want You know to do a little collab let me know and I would be beyond honored also in beauty news. I have two bits of fun updates for me one I recently did an Instagram takeover on Billion Dollar Brow Stories, and I believe I highlighted it, so check it out on my Instagram, but also, here is two brand partnerships. I love it. I love collabing with, you know, product lines. I hope to have my own product line one day, so that was really exciting. I hope you guys checked it out. Keep an eye out for future collaborations that are coming down the pipeline And then also the other really exciting thing that happened is that I got published again. Now, I have been published a few times before, and this kind of came as a surprise because I didn't realize um, we were going to be submitting this specific editorial. So just to give you guys context, a few months ago, I met with a team of people that I frequently collaborate with and we were working on a new editorial project so our goal was to do this beautiful post-apocalyptic world where you know our femme hero has this incredible kind of grungy but also high fashion polished post-apocalyptic look and she's just like Surviving and thriving with her glamour, and you know, we wanted it to be kind of allegorical to the strength of the feminine character and how women can be more than one thing. Women can be strong and they can also be gentle and they can be a mess and they can be glossy. And we just wanted to show all these different elements in a very high fashion editorial way. And so one of the things that we did for the post-apocalyptic shoot was we got some N95 masks and we covered them in spray paint and glitter and made them a little more... They were still rough and raw and you can see they were N95 masks, but they were... Also, they had this element of like a DIY. She found glitter in this post-apocalyptic world and decided to zhuzh up her look. Um, But that was before COVID really became a global threat. It was before it even reached the shores of the United States. So we had the shoot done. We got it all together. We got the, the photos happening. And then COVID really hit. And so we were like, we got to push back the publication on this. We don't want it to seem like we're glorifying or trying to cash in on this kind of pandemic and and the fear of the world we didn't want to seem tone deaf and so we actually were like okay we're gonna wait until we're in a better space and what changed our well not changed our minds but what got us to publish it a little bit sooner rather than later was because we were so inspired by all of the people that are coming together in their creativity that are creating masks that are donating that are you know tie dyeing and sharing with their communities people that are really leaning into these creative pursuits creative hobbies and then finding a way to use them to support their communities and support the people that are on the front line and so we were really inspired by this and we wanted to tie in that creativity aspect with the world as it is right now. So Our editorial can be found in the current issue of Surreal Magazine. It is the April 2020 beauty issue. Surreal Magazine is a publication uh, from Germany that does high, high fashion editorials. And the April 2020 issue is the beauty issue, like I said. So it is where we are featured and it is our homage to the frontline warriors, our quarantine champions. I want to let you guys know that even though we're physically apart, the collective social psyche is so strong and no matter what you're feeling individually, I know together we'll come out of this stronger than before. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for all your messages, all of your support. If you want to support me and the team, I will link the um, the link to the Surreal Magazine shoot. And you can either buy a digital print of the magazine or digital issue, or you can buy the print issue of the magazine. It would be so supportive to us as creatives who in this time are a little bit unsure of what's going to happen or how we'll emerge after this time. So thank you so much for all your support. I love you guys. You keep me going and that's why I want to keep going for you. So let's jump into the beauty breakdown. Here it is, the beauty breakdown. My face is literally getting ravaged every single day with pollen and all of the things that are out there. I am quarantining. I'm staying in my house. So I'm trying to figure out how these allergens are making their way into my space, but my eyes have been itchy. My face has been itchy. My nose has been stuffy, but runny at the same time. I wake up and my eyes are just swollen and teary and it's Not cute. I also have some redness happening from just rubbing my face. So I know a lot of us are going through maybe similar allergy times right now, and I want to talk to you about some of my favorite tips and tricks to conquer this, get on top of it, feel your best. And honestly, some of them are so low budget and accessible. So to decide on your level of commitment, what you want to do, what you want to invest in, what you want to prioritize, I'm going to throw all the information at you and you can kind of decide if you have more questions or if you want to follow up and be like, Hey, what about this? Then reach out to me, you know, DM me, email me, but I'll also put in the show notes, some of my highest recommendations for products and tips and tricks that I trust. So check that out as well at julialubin.com. The first place I want to start is going to be a little bit of a higher budget place, but it really, really does make a difference, and that is investing in an air purifier. So essentially, an air purifier sucks in all the air in your space, runs it through a filter, pushes it back out, and it really helps filter out a lot of the allergens, but also dust. And if you have pets, it'll kind of filter out that dander. And I honestly run my air purifier every day. I have this like congestion issue. Sometimes you hear it on the pod that, you know, extends past allergy season. And so keeping the air in my space very clean, very pure, having it run is very important to me because ultimately it helps me sleep. It helps me, you know, breathe. It helps me function at my ideal state. And so the first thing that I would recommend is an air purifier. You can, depending on your budget, decide which one is right for you. There are, you know, the upper echelon kind of purifiers like, uh, you know, your Dyson's. And you know, I love my Dyson Supersonic. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. But you can get kind of that fun, bladeless, circular type of air purifier from Dyson, similar to their bladeless fans and that's really incredible. If you're looking for a little bit of like a lower budget, I would suggest checking out Target or Amazon, but ultimately an air purifier, you're gonna grow to love it. It's gonna improve the air quality in your home so much. It's gonna really filter out those allergens, and it's really gonna just filter out a lot of the dust because honestly, Unless you are cleaning or you have someone cleaning on the reg, your house is probably going to get a little dusty and your carpets are probably going to release some stuff and your dead skin cells from your body are releasing. And so, you know, there are just these microscopic irritants that attack us in our nasal passageways and really make us have a reaction. So air purifier is going to be the first step and that's going to blanket your whole house. That's going to make you feel a ton better. After that, I would recommend probably doing, um, depending on where your issue lies, right? So if you have nasal congestion, you might want to invest in a neti pot. Personally, I can't handle a neti pot. I, I, I've never been waterboarded, I'm happy to say, and I, I don't really support people being waterboarded, but it's when I use a neti pot, it kind of is what I imagine being waterboarded would feel like. To some extent, maybe like a fraction of it. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm just not... And people swear by it. They're like, you know, once you get over that and you get used to it, it becomes better. You know, celebrities are neti potting on their Instagram and all that. But honestly, I can't do it, you guys. I tried. There are two types. You can do a passive neti pot where you fill it always with distilled water, never with water from the faucet. Because apparently that's how you get brain problems. Anyway, not to terrify you, but neti pot, you can do distilled water in a passive one where you just pour it into one nostril and it comes out the other one. The other option is to do a more like active one where you, there's a squeezy bottle and you like squeeze it into your brain. Not really, but you like squeeze it into a nostril and then the water like violently gets flushed out the other nostril. So you can try that if that's something that you want to try. I know I'm making it sound super appealing. I'm not really, but try it. It actually has done wonders for so many people. If you can get over the element of feeling like you kind of it feels like when you jump in a pool or a body of water and you don't plug up your nose and you just get that rush of water up your nose and it burns a little bit that's what it feels like i don't like that feeling but honestly i may have to resort to nutty pot again this time because my allergies are so bad and so is my congestion the other thing you can do is a nasal spray but here's what i recommend definitely do your research for nasal sprays do not get like the afrin or the saline ones the saline ones will kind of get you a little addicted literally the what the saline ones do is they constrict the blood vessels to improve on any congestion that you may have or swelling in the in the nasal passages but ultimately your nasal passages your kind of uh, little capillaries in there get so used to it. So when you stop using it, you're congested even worse than before. And so you become physically dependent on the saline spray. So probably don't get that one. Get the one that's a little more steroid focused. That's what I use if I have congestion or allergies. I use it. It helps me so much. I can't even tell you how much it helps me. And then the other thing that really has, helps me are eye drops. There are um, a few eye drops right now that really help with redness, if you have redness or puffiness. My favorite have always been Roto-V. Now I know they're not for everyone, but I love them because they have almost like a burning peppermint in the eyes kind of feeling. I know I'm not making that sound super attractive, but essentially it is like you put it in, it's super cooling. It almost like pinches a little bit. And, or burns. It, like, burns a little bit. It's cooling and burning at the same time. It's hard to explain. But your your eyes get, like, so refreshed and so white. And so I love it. I... I'm obsessed with it. I It's the only thing that saves me during allergy season. The other thing is obviously an allergy medication. Make sure it's non-drowsy. Uh, the thing about that is I'll take it if I'm really, really desperate, but I find that it's like one pill every 24 hours, and it never lasts me the full 24 hours. I don't know about you guys, but it never lasts me the full time, which is frustrating, but, you know, what are you going to do? So I do that usually, and then what happens after that? Okay, so we've addressed, you know, purifying your air, and then some over-the-counter things that you can get at the pharmacy to really help deal with the like physical and um, almost medical elements. Now, obviously, if you can get up on the FaceTime, get up on the Zoom, Zoom, hit up an allergist. Talk to them about it. Talk to your primary care provider. They're going to be your first line of support if you need maybe even a prescription. If you have asthma and you need an inhaler or your allergies are causing you to need an inhaler, talk to your doctor. Obviously, these are kind of the -the over-the-counter things that I have found help me, help my clients, because I work a lot. You know, in the springtime, it's wedding season, right? And so you have a lot of brides with a lot of allergies, and they're like, I don't want to walk down the aisle with snot coming out of my nose and my eyes are red and puffy, right? Like I want to, I want to look cute in my wedding photos. So, you know, these are the things that I've offered them that have helped them, but you know, try, try different things for yourself. These are my tried and true tips. Let's move on to more of like, uh, you've done all of those things you want to put on makeup. I know it's probably not, you know, your first priority right now in terms of makeup. I'm I'm hoping that skincare is a high priority for you. So you're doing that. When it comes to skincare, rubbing your eyes consistently or um, having your eyes tear having you know using those eye drops sometimes you can find that the area around your eyes so the skin under your eyes or your eyelids are going to become more dry and when they're dry they're going to feel more crepey they're going to be more susceptible to you know your fine lines showing and it's just not going to feel comfortable it's going to feel almost tight so what I find helps me there is I during allergy season i actually use a more luxurious eye cream now i know i've talked about this before in terms of summer beauty summertime is when a lot of us scale back on the creaminess and the luxury because we're doing lightweight serums lightweight eye creams etc cetera, etc cetera. but in the springtime because i'm feeling so dry because i'm feeling so kind of punished in the eye area i need to go a little more luxe. So I'm doing my eye patches almost every morning. I'm doing a very rich eye cream every day. I need to make sure I'm doing hyaluronic acid because I that area is going to be very susceptible to damage. Because if I'm rubbing my eyes, I'm obviously disrupting that very sensitive skin. And so not only do I look like a mess now, but I'm probably going to make myself more susceptible to that skin looking very abused down the line. So essentially, I go ahead and I use a rich eye cream, an eye mask. I will do a either a cool... Compress or a warm compress, depending on what I need. If I feel like my eyes are swollen and painful and red, I'll do a cool compress. If I feel like my eyes are dry and itchy, I'll do a warm compress to just really soften up the skin. And then as soon as I'm done with the warm compress, I'll immediately put on my rich, um, my rich eye cream. The reason for that is because when your skin is wet, it absorbs more. And so if your skin is wet and you put your hyaluronic acid on it, you put your very rich face cream on it, it's going to absorb it deeper, it's going to absorb it faster, it's going to make it more impactful. Same thing with if your skin is wet and you put a very intense acid on it, or you put your retinol on it when your skin is wet, it's going to have more of an effect, which can sometimes mean that your skin might be a little more angry with you. So that's my rule of thumb, just on a tangent. When your skin is a little bit damp, Immediately do your hyaluronic acid, do your moisturizer, do your like rich moisturizing, hydrating treatments. When your skin is wet and you want to do a retinol or you want to do more of like an alpha hydroxy or beta hydroxy acid or a benzoyl peroxide, pump the brakes a little bit, you know, wash your face, have it be damp, dry it off, wait a few minutes, I would say five minutes, then go in with your, your, you know, your retinols, your... Your more intense acids because that'll make sure that your skin can handle it and you're not essentially just burning through the deeper layers of your skin. Now, when it comes to the redness, right? And this means like whether you are your skin is angry with you, whether you're rubbing your face from the allergies, one of the biggest things that I find helpful is using a um, color correcting treatment, right? So, for me, my nose is red. It's always red. I'm always, you know, blowing it. I'm, I'm rubbing my eyes. And so I have redness that is in the center of my face that's very prominent. So, I find that using a color correcting treatment or a treatment with um, skincare properties that can also double as a tinted moisturizer is very, very helpful for me. Now, I have two recommendations for you. If your skin is like mine, a little more combination. I would say go with an It Cosmetics Bye Bye Redness Skin Relief or even the It Cosmetics um, CC Cream. Both of those I find are really helpful to keep my skin hydrated, to cover up that redness, to really bring it down. The founder of It Cosmetics, Jamie Kern Lima, she actually developed the line because she has rosacea and she couldn't find anything on the market that could both cover and treat it. So that was just like a home run she is one of those like qvc queens and it's really great for people that you know have a little bit more um oh actually you know what this is going to be a good for drier skin. I apologize. So the It Cosmetics uh, Bye Bye Redness and the It Cosmetics CC Cream, the traditional one, both are going to be really great for dry skin. Now, if you're like me, and you have combo skin or you have oily skin. That's where you're going to get your Dr. Jart Cicapair. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's the essentially that like tiger grass. Additive. So tiger grass, as it's called, is really great at neutralizing redness. It essentially helps to calm redness, not only in real time, but also over extended use. So it neutralizes that redness. And the thing about this one is there are a few different parts of the line from Dr. Jart. I think there's a serum and other things, a more lightweight um. Treatment, But the traditional treatment, it comes in a pot, it's tinted green, and it is almost like a paste. It's like very thick. I can only apply it when I am truly, truly like oily and only in those parts. Because if you have a dry skin and you apply it, it may be a little bit too drying, even more so. But essentially, so what happens is you take it, it's almost like a paste, you put it on your face, it's green, but as you rub it into your face, it takes on this almost like a tint. So it's really great for like fair to medium um, skin tones. Again, very limiting, but there is a broader range to the Dr. Jart pair color correcting treatment. The other thing is you can just look for um, products that have tiger grass as an ingredient because that's going to be what's really going to help with your redness to kind of bring it down so all right so dr jarts Sick a pair for oilier or combo skins and also kind of fair to medium uh it cosmetics bye bye redness or the traditional cc cream for a drier skin now say you don't want to do a full face right you're sitting inside you don't want to do a full face um but you want to look cute on the zoom I would say one of my favorite concealers of all, all, all time is the Laura Mercy Secret Camouflage. It essentially is a pan of two different shades. One is the concealer. One is a little bit more of a color corrector, but you can manipulate the two shades together to get the result that you want. And the reason that I love it is because you put it on, you manipulate the shade to what you need. You put it on, it goes on super creamy. It doesn't like dry in those cracks if you have cracks in your nose or if you have flaking if you've been blowing your nose a lot it won't collect in those flakes it won't dry there it won't we've all had that moment right where we have like maybe a dry scabbed over pimple or so we've been blowing our nose and like the the skin around our nose is dry we go to put concealer over it because it's red but then the concealer gets trapped in all the dry skin and it makes that look even more obvious do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I hate that so much. But essentially, you won't get that with the Secret Camouflage. It is a really, really incredible product. I use it in my kit. I use it on all my brides because it has the staying power, and it also has the creaminess. So it'll look natural. you The person will look like they have perfect skin, right? So you'll look like you have perfect skin, perfectly camouflaged, any zits, dryness, redness, but you will also get the long-staying coverage. So I think it's incredible. Um, I should probably give you prices, right? So the Dr. Jart Pair $52 for the traditional. um, It Cosmetics Bye Bye Redness Relief, $48. And then um, the Secret Camouflage from Laura Mercier is $35. The other thing that I would recommend is, I know we're in like a bit of a shortage right now, but if you can get your hands on some, maybe some makeup wipes or some very gentle, like cleansing towelettes, I would recommend blowing your nose in those rather than tissues because sometimes even the softest tissues can cause this friction. And so if you use something that has a little bit more of like a skincare or a wetness to it, you can, um, keep that area a little bit moisturized. Now I get it. Like one container of Neutrogena cleansing wipes is $8. So to blow your nose on that is very luxurious. I get it. But I'm saying like, if you are desperate beyond desperate, that is a really, really great tip to do. All right, so now we've done the -the over-the-counter stuff. We've done your space. We've done your face. We've done the skincare. We've done the makeup base Wow, should I be a rapper or what? No, never mind. That's never going to happen. But let's talk about more of like eye makeup, right? Because maybe you want to put on mascara. Maybe you want to look cute. Maybe you have like a hinge virtual date and you're like, I want to look really cute. Allergens slap us in the face, right? And before we know it, eyes are watering, you're sneezing, you're blinking your eyes your mascara is running you have panda face your mascara is literally like maybe it ends up on like your ear because it's literally everywhere eyeliner is running down your face hot 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 mess so I have a few tips here some of them are going to be waterproof but not all so there are some brands that have products that you put them on they do not budge until you cleanse them off essentially so Tom Ford, if you're looking to get super luxe, Tom Ford has emotion proof mascara and emotion proof eyeliner. And they are, they don't smudge, they don't run. You can cry, you can weep, you can blink furiously, you can have allergens attack your face. This mascara, this eyeliner will not move. Mascara is $46, eyeliner is 43 Like I said, very luxe. But you get what you pay for. It's going to be insane. Now, one of the easiest hacks, or not even a hack, is to do waterproof. Waterproof. Wow, some of my pronunciation, you guys. My Staten Island's creeping in. My Brooklyn's creeping in. I got some Midwest creeping in, and I'm not even from the Midwest. Weird, 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 weird. Anyway, waterproof mascara. A lot of people hate waterproof mascara. I will tell you this. One, waterproof mascara. Waterproof mascara. If you get the right one, will not smudge, will not run. It will help you in this time. It will not flake. It can also, hack, pro tip, hold a curl. So if you curl your lashes and you apply regular mascara, your lashes might uncurl throughout the day. If you curl your lashes and apply waterproof mascara, they're stuck. That's literally, they're just not going to move. That curl is going to stay. The other thing, though, is my one of my favorite brands of mascara is uh, Lancôme. I love Lancôme, long-standing French brand. First makeup I ever wore, first mascara I ever wore was from Lancôme. I actually worked, I managed uh, a Lancôme beauty counter in a Bloomingdale's. So, I love the brand. What I find is that their mascaras are amazing. And their regular mascaras don't run. They don't run. They don't so much. I always load up on mascara. It's the one thing I refuse to leave my house without. Or sometimes I'll just put it on for a Zoom. But the regular mascara, the waterproof goes without saying. It will not come off unless you use eye makeup remover, something with a little bit of oil to really take it off. But their regular mascaras... Also, they don't smudge on me. They don't move. They don't run. And they just come off with like a cleanser or just water. And every single person that came to my counter when I was the counter manager would be like, I'm looking for a mascara, but I don't want it to run. And I was like, this will not run. You don't even have to get waterproof. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. So the Lancome mascaras are incredible. They'll run you like between 25 and 30 bucks a mascara. My favorites are, I love Hypnose. It's like very dramatic, very full on. And what's really cool is you put it on, it dries, it stays, it doesn't smudge, it doesn't flake. And then say you want to touch it up, so you can literally use it, go over the past mascara. You won't add clumping because there is a technology in it where it essentially Refreshes whatever mascara you have on, re wets it, and then allows you to build on it. Like, how insane is that? So, anyway, love Lancome. Hypnosis is my go to, but you can also do Definicils, which is one of best sellers of all time. People love it for a more natural look. And then, Mr. Big is the one that's like, wow, 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 are those falsies? People are obsessed with it. But now, eyeliner, right? So For eyeliner, I know a lot of us probably aren't putting on eyeliner right now. I am, but that's mostly because I'm shooting content, which I haven't shot in a while, but I'm going to shoot again today. Sorry, tangent. Anyway, for those of us that don't want to compromise our creativity while protecting our faces from sliding off... I'm reading off a post. I had like an allergy beauty post that I published on my website. I'll relink it, but that was literally a line from it. Wow. She has come so far, but has she anyway? So the urban decay 24 seven glide on eye Pencil is one of my favorites ever. It comes in a ridiculous amount of shades. So you can really get creative. You can get fun. You can play around and they will not move. Like literally I have used makeup remover, cleanser to get them off. And there's still always a little bit left in the lash line. So that may not be your jam, but I am so into it. When I was going out to clubs all the time, when I was in college, I would wear this. And literally, no matter how much I sweat through all my clothes dancing, my face was pristine. Nothing would move. And honestly, it was the Urban Decay eyeliner and the Long Mascara. Because everything else would fade, but that was my jimmy jam. All right, now I want to give you a little bit more of like a holistic choice. So this, obviously, talk to your doctors. I'm not a trained medical professional, but I have read multiple studies from um, Eastern medicine, holistic studies, homeopathic studies that look at honey like the honey that comes from bees. Apparently eating raw honey is a natural way to fight off allergies. Now, I'm sure a lot of the more traditional Western medicine doctors you talk to will be like, please don't do that. Like, or you can eat honey, but like it don't expect it to cure everything. The bee pollen in raw honey has anti-inflammatory characteristics that can help calm the allergic response, right? So eating honey it probably won't do you any harm. I mean, obviously don't put it up your nose. Don't put it in an open wound, but eating it, you know, it's delicious. It's sweet. It's lovely. And it can help with your allergic response according to various homeopathic studies. So talk to your doctor about it. Obviously, if you have an allergy, don't freaking do it. But if you, it might help. And if it does, please let me know. I personally hate the taste of honey because I come from a very traditional Russian family where we loved more homeopathic treatments. And so whenever I got a cold or whenever I got sick or whenever I got a sore throat, my mom would be like, have some honey. Suck on this teaspoonful of honey. Have some tea with honey. Have some hot water with honey. If you can't sleep, um, one of the things that really worked when I was little. And honestly, it still gives me so much comfort is milk and honey. Like if you warm up milk and put honey in it and drink it before bed, it's delicious. But my family didn't really believe in milk. So we would do like half and half and honey warmed up. And then I would drink it before bed and I would sleep like a little baby, like no coughing, no nothing. And that has been the Beauty Breakdown. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing, for downloading, for rating. All of your stars mean so much to me. Um, I'm going to go back to giving you more video content. There's a new look up on my Instagram stories right now. MUA Chronicle on Instagram. Go check it out. I'm so excited. For those that don't know, my Instagram stories when I do looks, I don't really do the traditional tutorial. Like, I don't walk you through, this is what I use and this is how I apply it. I think there's so much amazing education out there. I just kind of put on some nice instrumental hip-hop, instrumental funk, and I see where the look will take me. I see where the makeup will take me. It's always a surprise to me. Sometimes I'll do themes where I know what I'm going to do, but most of the time it's totally improv So please check that out. Please hit follow when you're there. And make sure you have your notifications set so that you see when all my new stuff is up. It's so exciting, so much fun. I love, you know, talking to you guys, connecting with you guys. Now I'm going to go sit on my couch and watch Too Hot to Handle. Which honestly is not the best show on Netflix right now. It's actually kind of silly, kind of stupid. But honestly, it is one of those kind of funny things to watch if you haven't heard of it. Basically, it is just this: these singles that are put on this island in Mexico. They're at a resort and they are all like very, very horny, and they have to abstain from kissing and having sex and masturbating the entire time they're there for a big cash prize. And every time they break the rules, they essentially get fined and it gets taken out of their prize money. But there are so many fun little twists and turns along the way. I watch it for the commentary. Desiree Birch, the woman that narrates it, is a funny comedian. And she basically just says what everyone is thinking out loud and is so sassy and sarcastic. And so it's a funny, fun, light-hearted watch. So just check that out. Why not? Once again, thank you all for being here, for listening, for subscribing. I love you guys. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.